Welcome to the Chasing Squirrels Lab. In the lab, we talk with educators and innovators and creators and makers that are using cool tools to sometimes recreate the classroom experience, inspire their students, and definitely inspire themselves. I can admit that um, at my former school, I was a bit of an evangelist for using ed tech tools often and trying to push them to their limits. And every once in a while, someone would ask me what new tool or, or what new program or new app am I using for, you know, insert set activity. And I came to realize that behind that question often was the, the need to not just hear about something cool and new and on the edge or even on the fringe, but also at a real fundamental level, the instructor was also asking, can I save time? And so it's often now in pursuit of the new apps or the new tools that I'm using. That's one of the, the metrics that I use. Will I save keystrokes? Can I save some some keyboard, uh, keyboard and mouse time? Will I be able to translate whatever efficiency I'm gathering into extra time with the students? The conversation tonight with Christine Chin centers around that exact fact. The tools that she's exploring right now will give you time back, will get you more face time with your students. And I hope many of you reach out to her to ask, to see, to borrow, to sort of figure out how you can make her EdTech shortcuts yours. Here's the episode. All right, thanks for stopping in at Chasing Squirrels Lab. I'm talking with Christine Chin in this episode. Christine, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Could you just throw down a quick introduction? Sure. Uh, my name's Christine. I've been teaching for 10 years. I can't believe it's been that long already. Um, <laughs> I've taught exclusively in French immersion. Um, I've taught everything from grade one all the way up until grade six. And um, I'm someone who has continued, I think, and I'm proud of it, uh, to be flexible in my teaching assignments and uh, welcoming of the change uh, that every year presents and willing to learn about anything new and exciting in, in uh, teaching. So, yeah, that's me. It's a perfect segue for me. So the spirit of Chasing Squirrels Lab is to look at how teachers are innovating in the classroom, how they're using tools that enhance their creativity or make them feel like they're getting to that creativity in their teaching. And so that's our starting point. What is it that you're using right now in your teaching or in your reflection or in the structure of your teaching that um, you kind of feel you're hitting that, that, that create creativity streak? So um, on the whole, I feel like I'm a rather creative person. However, when it comes to my teaching, um, I try to think about what I can always do uh, in order to get things done efficiently. I'm not a person that likes to work long. I'm like I'm a person who likes to work um, smart. So I have two small children at home, and anytime I'm trying to plan or um, assess anything, I'm always trying to think, what can I do in order to have more time to spend with my family? So that being said, um, over the past couple of years in French immersion, things have really changed. And so uh, the number of classes I've had to teach um, has grown. So oftentimes I'll have two sets 
of, uh, let's say, have a grade six class. And that can often mean a lot of marking because I would be uh, teaching French, science, and social studies, which are all relatively heavy subjects. Um, so what I started to notice was that I was spending a lot of time marking. And in my quest to be that um, teacher who gives lots of good feedback to my students, more feedback than marks, uh, I found myself, myself spending a lot of time writing on my kids' assignments, um, you know, what they could do better and, you know, what they had done well. And a lot of the times it ended up being a lot of the same thing. And I didn't like that I had to write on their assignment, um, my feedback, and then also record that feedback for myself. And, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people um, out there, a lot of teachers out there who are saying, well, why don't you use um, something like Gubrick? And I have to say there are some obstacles that I ran into using things like that. Um, for example, when teaching in French, oftentimes we have the kids type uh, in a Google Doc and we want to evaluate it. But the number of grammatical errors that are there is just really, really tedious to sit at a computer and read 50 paragraphs where you have to, um, you know, give feedback on grammar and highlight everything. It just became very tedious. So we decided, my teacher, part, uh, my uh, teaching partner and I, that that was just not going to work. So um, one of the things that we started doing was using Google Forms. And I have to say, I know using Google Forms is maybe not new to a lot of people, but maybe it is new to people. Um, but using Google Forms has really allowed me to, one, be able to capture what it is that my kids are doing very, very quickly and um, record it. Because once you fill out the Google Form, it collates everything for you in a spreadsheet, which has been a really, really big time saver for me. Uh, because then when I go to do report cards, I can actually filter all the comments that I've um, collected about a student really quickly and I can make my report card comments that much easier because I have all the evidence in front of me. So I feel like my creativity hasn't necessarily come in, necessarily in the form of art, but creativity in, this, in the way that I'm using some of the technology to help me work smart and not longer, if that makes any sense. Totally does. And, you know, before we hit the record, I find that the biggest the biggest selling feature to sort of encourage teachers to try new things has to be through the lens of economics. And you say, I can get you back more time to do other things, or I can save keystrokes or number of mouse moves, or as you kind of pointed out, redundancies where you can get quicker to the final product with a better tool. Absolutely. And I think that being able to use Google Forms that way also allows you to be able to, um, you know, to, to click, to check off a whole, to group your kids and say what they're all doing really well. Um, and it helps, so for example, if you were going to be walking around and see how they were doing in reading, all of a sudden, because you've checked off five kids, you have a guided reading group there right away. Mm -hmm. So before it used to be, I have to read through everything. I need to, you know, you're taking all three steps to come up with the same product. Whereas if you use Google Forms, oftentimes you can reduce that to one step. So that's what I'm always looking for. How do I make something that could I that could be very long and tedious to do? How can I make it shorter and easier on myself? Can, can you speak at all to the, the capturing of any of that? What does it look like as you're moving around the class and doing, let's say, assessment on the fly? 
Yeah, absolutely. So oftentimes I'll make sure that my form is either really specific if I know exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, for example, if I'm looking for, um, for let me, let's say if I'm looking for them to be showing uh, that they're able to infer about a text, walking around I'll be able to see, you know, what are the different steps that I'm looking for and I can check things off very quickly. However, that being said, I used to have a lot of different forms. I used to have a form for learning skills. I had a form for reading, a form for writing, a form for um, science and social studies. And I found that that was just very overwhelming. So what I do now is that I have one form that is a little bit more general. It has all the students' names in it. It has all the different subject areas. It has an area for me to put in a focus that I'm looking for. And uh -huh. then at the bottom, I have a part that just says comments. So often in there, I'll just put in, you know, what my thoughts are, what I think a next step might be, something to remember about a student. So that's kind of helped me a lot because I found that when I had a lot of different forms, I just got very overwhelmed and they would be like, oh, but this is learning skills, but we're doing a reading right now. Which one should I pick? So now I'm able to do all of them in one go. And it's also sometimes that can be the rabbit hole of, of using technology. And, and I've, I find myself in a similar place in sort of, I guess, streamlining. And I, I, I sometimes say to myself, I'm trying to make my, my digital footprint just a little bit more elegant. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm actually, I, I throw stuff out. So just like I would a binder if the handout just doesn't work anymore. Um, I don't keep storing every single thing that I have in my Google Drive just because I have limitless storage. Mm -hmm. I, I will change things and, and adjust and, and trash because sometimes, like you said, having the multiple uh, forms, which then creates multiple spreadsheets, yes. then you're sort of, you're back in the same spot of having multiple pages to do a job where you want to be more mobile. I Absolutely. would imagine more agile. Yeah, and I think that that's part of teaching, right? Being a good teacher is being able to be responsive and being reflective. And oftentimes, I think it's good to just try things, see how it goes, and you'll see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. For me, this works better for me to have one form that streamlines everything, but I could foresee how for certain people having a different form for different subjects might be really helpful. So I think it's just important to try, take that, you know, dip your toes in and try something and see how it goes for you. I mean just the same as all of our students learn differently and you know mm -hmm. use different tools as our teachers so I think it's important to just try and see what happens how did you notice this approach how was it brought to your attention how did you how, how, how did it all of a sudden make sense um, I have to say I got evaluated this year, mm -hmm. um, but I did start trying to use it last year and at some point I, it got really overwhelming and I gave up, but this year I said, no, I'm going to do this. So um, I originally started seeing the Google Forms from some of the DLRTs in our board mm -hmm. who had set them up already with their own, um, I guess, their, their own sections of the Google Form and I took what I liked and I got rid of what I didn't like. So again, it's about customizing things to make them work for you. That's cool because sometimes that the origin story, mm -hmm. um, if 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 your edu tool toolkit is really complex, it's easy to forget how you started using that one thing, especially when it gets integrated into other systems. Absolutely. But, but I think it's also it's really cool if you can pinpoint 
maybe not maybe not the why, but something about either the why or the when or the what. What what sort of like pushed you to to give it a shot? Um, and I I definitely know like the the digital literacy consultants in our board like they there's so much you can get for them. But again, you have to find your way to make it make sense. Absolutely, and I think that any teacher is always trying to find ways of trying to make their their lives as well as their jobs simpler. So to me, this was just a way to simplify that um, the ability to record what it is that I was assessing and record what it is that I was seeing in my class. Because I feel like right now in education, there's a big push, especially for teachers, to make those anecdotal notes. So the DLRTs had you know, come up with some forms that they thought would be, or that some of them had used in their classrooms and they had their own sections in there. And I think that for me, I looked at those and I was like, this part looks really good. I'm going to try that. Um, This part doesn't really work for me. So I think it's all about being able to customize what it is um, that people give you. So just the same as, you know, when you're that new teacher and everyone says, here's this great unit plan. And then you're like, oh, wow, this is so overwhelming. And so it's being able to, you know, sort through and see what's going to work for you and what doesn't work for you. Very cool. We're we're almost at the tail end of this, but I am I wanna I wanna get to there's actually two things I wanna get to. First, if if someone were to jump into this, so they're moving from it I, I'm gonna try and isolate this motion here. So moving from paper capture to digital mm-hmm. capture. Is there any you know, what's the a, a watch point or, you know, something that you've learned in that process or you know just here's a thing to try someone that someone that isn't there yet what might you say to them absolutely so I know a lot of the staff at my school are are just at that beginning point and so I've shared what it is that I do I'd say if you're going to start start really small don't put the pressure on yourself to use Google Forms for everything use it start really small start with just learning skills and that might Mm. be a way that'll allow you to see how useful it is for a small part of something that you do. So I would say start small, um, start with learning skills and just have you know the six learning skills there and say what you see about uh, what you see in front of you when you see your students. Are they responsible? How do you know? That type of thing. It's pretty cool. The, um, the last one that I have is, what could you see doing next with this tool? Um, so for me, my, the thing that I'd like to, well, that I've started to do is I use the information that I've gathered from those Google Forms and I'm using it to help me give that assessment, um, not the assessment, but rather the feedback um, to my students on paper uh, using a mail merge. It's a little bit... Um, it's a little bit out there, but I've found that it's helped me cut down on so much time and it's been an amazing way for me to record what it is I, uh, you know, what it is that I think the kids need to do better in one go. So that's where I'm going with it. Very cool. Very, very cool. If someone is thinking to themselves, this is really cool, but this is kind of 15 minutes and I need some more support and they wanted to talk to you. Mm-hmm. What would be a, what would be a good way to connect with you? Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Madame Chin, so M M E C H I N Wire D S B. Um, reach out to me on Twitter, and I would be so happy to share what it is that I'm doing with anyone who is interested. This was awesome. Thank you for inviting I, me. You're very welcome. I feel like it was a really cool adrenaline shot of um, digital assessment and 
uh, assessment capture all in one one package. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Well, I hope you have a, a fantastic weekend. Thank and you. I, Enjoy the weather. Yes, absolutely. And I definitely, I look forward to um, connecting with you in the digital hallways and maybe for coffee sometime or if we ever make it back to a, a pub PD session. I heard there might be one coming up. The, the that week is so busy. I wish I wish I could go. I'm just I saw I saw Jen send out the offer and I thought, oh, I, I don't know if I can make it happen, but but we'll see. Exactly. Well, I look forward to connecting in with you soon. Cool. Take care, Christine. Thank you. You too. Chasing Squirrels Lab can be found on iTunes with the rest of the Chasing Squirrels podcast episodes. You can also contact me at chrisjclough at gmail. And if you want to get a quick contact, throw me a tweet at the exact same handle. Thank you for spending time with me.